0: Hello, everyone. I'm Samir Prince, and this is Path to the Pros, a series of video sessions where we sit down with some of the most talented and successful execs in sports and entertainment, learning about how they've got to where they are and what it takes to be a pro in their field. For them, I'm sat with Chris and Solera, a very successful partnership salesman, um, having worked for two of New York's most prestigious sports teams in the Yankees and the Nets, uh, and has since transitioned into the world of esports. Chris, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So uh, kicking off uh, with a question, I always like to start with. Uh, can you take us back to the start, Chris? How did you first get into sports?
1: Yeah, um, listen, like everybody that I'm sure you're talking to for these things, love sports. Growing up, uh, wanted to be a pro athlete. Figured out in high school that that wasn't going to be uh, wasn't going to be the case. Um, the, in college, uh, I kind of pivoted my career aspirations to uh, sports journalism. Uh, so wanted to be, you know, the next Bob Costas or Tom Verducci, um, did that for four years at uh, the University of Virginia, wrote for a couple newspapers, uh, did some radio work, um, kind of got to the end of, of my college career and realized that that wasn't what I wanted to do. Uh, and it's I always tell people it's amazing um, how much more information is out there now about uh, careers in sports and how to work in sports than there was back when I was trying to figure it out, um, you know, naturally, I guess, um, the, you know. My mind went to, uh, you know, all right, if you're not going to be in sports media, where else can you work in sports? Oh, you can go work for a team. The you know whole sports business, uh, at least in my eyes, uh, was made up of sports teams. And, um, yeah. you know, realized pretty quickly that I wasn't going to get a GM job uh, right out of school. Uh, you know, that the best way in with the team was, uh, you know, as a minimum wage ticket seller. And uh, I got uh, that job right out of school with uh, D.C. United. Of MLS, uh, selling $15 soccer tickets to, uh, the corporate market, which, um, is a job that looking back on it, uh, probably shouldn't have taken, um, you know, RFK Stadium crumbling to the ground. Um, you know, soccer not nearly as well established back in uh, 2006 when I was starting out as it is now, but, uh, was able to figure it out, have some success in that
0: role and, uh, you know, launched me to, to where I am today. Nice. Pretty good, uh, pretty good career so far. Um, D.C. United, Yankees, uh, BSE or or the Brooklyn Nets and obviously now TSM. Um, What would you say has been or have been some of your highlights over the the duration of your uh, career so far or achievements, I should say? I've been very fortunate um, in in what I've done uh,
1: throughout my career. You know, I've worked on um, some big deals, you know, two jersey patch deals. At the Nets, um, you know, number of seven-figure, um, very meaningful partnerships for the organizations that um, that I've worked for. Obviously, have represented um, you know some of the most just prestigious brands in you know in the world, um, you know, and had experiences that seventeen-year-old. Chris, uh, you know, if you asked him about uh, back then, you know, couldn't have even dreamed of. Right. Um, but, you know, listen, I, th- I think that the most uh, the thing that I'm most proud about you know, over the course of my career um, is relationships. Uh, you know, you're, you're only as good uh, as your reputation in, in this business. And, um, you know, I've always tried to be very genuine in my approach with people. Um, you know, approach every interaction. Um, you know, whether it's a sales call, a negotiation, an interview, a you know, networking opportunity, a mentoring opportunity, with sort of that, um, you know, give don't don't take approach, and you know, be solutions oriented. And um, you know, when I leave this business one day, uh, I'm way less concerned about uh, sort of the running tally of revenue generated and, and deals closed, yeah. and uh, you know, a lot more uh, concerned about how people remember me as somebody that uh helped right that um you know was was there to to always lend a, a helping hand that was a good partner a good teammate um a good leader um so you know of all the things uh, that i've accomplished like i think that, that that's probably you know top of top of the list and obviously is i think led to uh you know some of the the success on the you know deal making side but um you know more more concerned about
0: uh you know the relationships than anything else you know, you've gone from that kind of traditional sports world, you've, you've ventured into the world of esports. What made you make that jump to TSM?
1: Yeah, um, you know, listen, I, I've always been interested in esports. Um, you know, like, like many others probably in traditional sports, you know, would see the headlines about the growth, the brands investing in the space. Um, it always intrigued me. Um, you know, I'd be lying if I said that I was actively looking for a, a job in esports. Um, You know, but when I was approached by uh, TSM about the role that I've been in for the last year, um, it just just made a lot of sense. Uh, You know, I wanted to branch out from, uh, you know, traditional New York team sports, uh, learn something new. Uh, You know, it was a chance to step into uh, admittedly a bigger role uh, in a massive growth space um, with a premium brand. Um, that had a lot of things in place in terms of you know uh ip audience um reputation history um, but also just a ton of white space to innovate right um and that that was that was something that um was really exciting to me and um you know just being in relatively big you know well established organizations for the majority of my career up to that point um you know was was really intrigued by the chance to build something and um, you know that that startup experience, uh, you know, comes with the occasional headache, uh, as as a lot of your viewers, I'm sure, know. But um, ultimately, it's been really, really rewarding to you know take those skills and experiences uh, from the time that uh, I had in traditional sports and apply them
0: apply them to this. I find the industry such an exciting industry, right? I'm a, always been into gaming myself. Big Call of Duty and, and FIFA fan for all of the, nice. the gamers out there. Um, and you know, esports fans have, have grown year on year, uh, quite extensively as well. I think the numbers are just shy of about 500 million people in 2020, 530 plus in 2022, which is actually double the number of fans, um, that, uh, that were in place in the year tw- uh, 2016. So whilst there have been some challenges across the industry, as there have been across others, that fan engagement and continued interest doesn't really seem to be slowing down. Um, what would you, in your opinion, put that down to?
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I've learned this over the last year. Esports fans are awesome. Uh, you know, they're they're young, uh, they're online all the time. Uh, they're super passionate, uh, and, and they're incredibly engaged. We we have a stat at at TSM that uh 40% of our fan base, and we have almost 30 million social followers across all wow. of our platforms, uh, engage with our team daily. Uh, and over 70% uh engage with us multiple times per week. So um, you know, from a pure engagement perspective to, to answer your question, I think a big part of it is that there's just so much to be consumed. Um, you know, again, I'll, I'll shamelessly plug TSM here. You know, we put out over 24,000 hours of live content last year. Um, we've got a world class in house production team that is just constantly churning out high quality stuff for YouTube and our other channels. Um, you know, and, and and other esports uh platforms are are um you know doing similar things. But uh, you know, esports is always on its year round, um, and the number of touch points in it are, you know, almost endless, which I think really drives that that engagement that you mentioned.
0: And you touched on viewership then as well, which is another topic I find I find very interesting. In twenty twenty one, esports was the second highest sport with the highest number of viewers in the US coming second only to uh, you know, the renowned NFL, um, but Trump in all of the other major leagues. Do you see this continuing to grow? And, and again, in your opinion, Chris, do you think there will ever be a time where an sports final may get more viewers than a Super Bowl, for an example?
1: Yeah, I mean, continuing to grow, absolutely. I think you're seeing, uh, you know, th- those numbers, by and large, um, you know, come out on a year-over-year basis that the growth is, is, you know, just consistently been there. Um, you know, despite some of the challenges that the industry is facing right now. Um, you know, Super Bowl, which draws what well, well over a million, you know, 100 million viewers. Um, you know, I think that that esports probably has a, a way. Ways to go before it gets to that level. Um, But, you know, listen, I I don't think that it's that far off in comparison to um, many of the other big major traditional sports events that that, you know, are currently going on. I mean, for, for example, like League of Legends. Worlds last year um, peaked at over five million concur- concurrent viewers, so that, that's a wow. that's a big number, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think you know you have to remember that a big part of the appeal of esports isn't just in you know the concurrent viewership numbers and you know the, those peak uh, numbers like we just mentioned for for a league, um, you know, again for those big events they can be massive, but it's also in just the regularity and the frequency of it, right? That it's always on, like you know we just mentioned that. Um, you know, the numbers of one streamer on, you know, one particular stream might not compare to, you know, a big traditional sports event, although, frankly, some of them do, um, you know, but when you partner with certain properties in, in eSports, you know, the numbers uh, of multiple streamers who are online multiple hours a day, multiple days a week, you know, you, you add them up and, um, you know, it's right there with some of the numbers that you see in traditional sports, if not considerably higher.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the access as well makes it makes it a lot easier for those fans as well. Right. Um, which actually leads me on to, to my next point. Um, in the conversations that I'm having on the day to day, you know, I speak with a lot of business leaders um, and ownership groups. And it seems that everyone kind of wants a piece of the pie uh, for those that haven't yet anyway. Um, you know, we've seen many traditional sports teams that have set up an esports team or a franchise. And we're seeing more and more teams um, enter tournaments each year. Um do you think that those properties that maybe have chosen not to invest in esports will perhaps struggle to keep up with the rest? Struggle
1: is a relative term, right? Um, you know, most traditional sports brands, I think, um, you know, are institutions in their local communities, and that um, you know, especially in the the big uh, five uh, of the you know major American sports leagues, um, you know, are, are set up for long term success uh, almost by default, but. Um, you know, listen, I think that it is critically important for all brands, uh, whether it's a traditional sports team or, you know, just a general advertiser um, to have a strategy for reaching and engaging with that next generation of consumers, of which the gaming and esports audience is a critically important and rapidly growing segment. So, um, you know, are you missing out if you're not engaging with that? Um, you know, with that subset, yeah, I I I think that you are. And um, you know, could that have long term implications? Yeah, I I think that it that, that it certainly can.
0: And final question just before moving on to the, the hot seat. Uh looking to the future, uh, what do you think's next for, for esports? Yeah, I mean listen, it's uh
1: it's no secret that the industry is going through some growing pains right now. I mean, you know, you you all see the the headlines. Um, you know, there's some market corrections taking place, some pivots, uh, you know, with better business fundamentals in mind. Um, but I think it's important to remember that esports isn't going anywhere, right? Um, yeah. you know, this yeah. this has been around for um, you know, not as long as traditional sports have in in many ways, but um it's been around for a long time. Um, you know, another stat that that we like to to share that um I think speaks to just the, you know, overall strength and, and power of this thing is that, um, you know, the gaming industry as a whole, and obviously that's not just eSports, eSports is a part of the gaming industry, but, um, you know, everything within the gaming industry, it's bigger than the film industry, the digital music industry, the video streaming industry, the NFL and the Olympics combined. So um, eSports is an important part of this behemoth of an industry. Um, And I think it's going to continue to reinvent itself, right? Um, You know, the, the industry definitely uh, needs to do a better job of monetizing its audience. That's, um, you know, a big part of, of what I'm working on and what, uh, you know, esports, uh, executives across the board are working on. Um, I think there are certain aspects of the relationships between teams and publishers that probably need to be reevaluated to, uh, improve the business models for, for teams. Uh, I think you're going to see esports orgs. Um, continue to look for ways that they can diversify their businesses. Um, you know, for example, TSM has done a um, really good job of that with uh, our Blitz properties. Uh, it's one of the top digital coaching apps uh, in the industry, where we've built um, a you know robust media business around that. Um, you know, and allows us to reach and engage with you know a whole different segment of the gaming audience, not just you know esports fans or fans of of TSM. Uh, and I think you're going to see esports organizations, um, or you're going to have to see uh, esports organizations, just continue to innovate, right, and create, um, you know, unique, ownable sponsorship platforms uh, to generate high levels of reach and engagement for brand partners, and and also get more sophisticated about measuring the ROI that comes from those investments, you know, the same way that in traditional sports, you know, the, the days of selling, uh, you know, the sign and the ticket package and the, you know, IP rights, uh, you know, are for the most part long gone. Um, you know, in esports, the the industry um, has to get a lot more sophisticated about um, how you bring brands into the space, um, you know, and create authentic partnerships that really resonate with the fan base, that enhance the, the fan experience. And, um, you know, my, listen, my, my, my dream and I hope that where where the industry, uh, you know, continues to evolve to is that, um, you know, it's more friendly, uh, and, and open towards, um, bringing non-endemic brands into the space. Right. I mean, you're you're starting to, to see that more and more across the board. Um, you know, TSM has a couple of great, um, non-endemic partners in, you know, Jersey Mike's and general motors and, and Geico, um you know, and there are other countless of other examples across the industry, but um you know you compare it to traditional sports, I think that that's sort of the the white whale in the industry is to um you know continue to evolve and and bring on more of those uh non endemic brands and uh really grow the pie for for everybody
0: well, there's clearly a lot to look forward to then um for anyone that's that's obviously interested and uh or looking to make a move into that space it sounds like there's a there's a lot of exciting uh, plans ahead and different avenues that we can start looking at so uh chris really appreciate your insight there um moving on to the the final uh part of the discussion the exciting part um my favorite part anyway uh, the hot seat so a quick fire round of would you rather questions um and we're going to kick off uh with call of duty or league of legends uh league of legends interesting
1: TSM T- 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 is the uh, the win- most winningest team in North American League of Legends. So uh, oh, I, wow. I, I would not be representing my uh, <laughs> my employer well if I, I didn't select League for that one.
0: Uh Marvel or DC? Uh Marvel. Uh whiskey or wine? Whiskey for sure. Nice. Uh pizza or pasta? Uh that is a
1: existential question for an <laughs> Italian like myself. Uh but I will go pizza.
0: Nothing intentional there whatsoever. Um, <laughs> attending the Super Bowl or attending a World Cup final?
1: Ooh, uh, that's a good one. I would
0: say Super Bowl. And last question uh, for South Barnes or anyone else? It's got to be FB, baby. <laughs> Love it, Chris. Thank you so much. Um, been very, very insightful having you on, um, and I'm sure everyone that's been listening in and tuning in has learned a lot from this.
1: Uh, thanks for having me, Samir. You're the
0: man. Um, next week, we've got someone who started up as an assistant uh, for a media business and worked away all the way up to a CMO for a top NFL team and is living proof that you don't always need to relocate to progress your career. Thanks, everyone, for watching. See you then.